Welcome back to Bottom Up with Mikey and Ray. It's your boy Mikey. And it's your girl Ray. And we are the alternative voice of the ethnic millennial. This is the diversity in industry series. And in each episode, we host a different guest and we talk about their experience and journey as an ethnic minority within their industry. Today, we'll be looking at the psychology industry and we have a special guest. Um, He has a podcast on YouTube called Psychology Cast, where he hosts a range of guests and they explore the psychology in the work that they do. He's also the chair and founder of the BAME and mental health charity called Our Minds Matter. He's recently completed his PhD in student and health psychology. Welcome, Jolel Mia. Good to see you guys, uh, Michael and Rachel. Um, thanks you so much for allowing me to come on your podcast. I think it's fantastic what you guys are doing. No, thank you for coming on. Uh, so yeah, just let our viewers know or our listeners know what kind of things you're doing, um, anything that you want to really reveal about yourself. I always take a few moments when I think about that question when people ask me what do you do what's your background what's your day-to-day job and I suppose the simple answer is it's not just one thing there's so many different elements that what uh, the work that I do so first of all I handed in my something viva or so PhD submission back in October 2019 so it's been about 18 months I passed my viva nine ten months ago that's the exam I submitted my corrections a few months ago so I'm still waiting for my degree to come through um I'm, so i'm still a phd student so you still get your discounts <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> um i'm holding on to that title tar- tar- for dear life people said oh you know do you mean still a student i go look once you've passed that student stage you won't ever be a student again i suppose yeah, you're a student for life when you're definitely. learning stuff oh and um the other bit is i'm a health psychologist in training so i'm i've done my degree in psychology then i did my master's which is stage one training and then to become a psychologist in health do you have to do stage two mm-hmm. So it's basically practice work. So it's working in the industry, working with people, working with organizations. You know, there's a few competencies you have to fill before you submit a portfolio to the BPS for them to sign off to say, yeah, you know. You know chartered psychologist now. Yeah, we can let you in, you know. <laughs> and um, yeah, so the, the charity work I do voluntary called Our Minds Matter. That was about seven years ago, I set it up. It's all about providing education. And it's, yeah, it's an important piece in why I chose psychology in the, yeah. in the first place. And then the other bit is teaching and training. So I do a lot of teaching or two different universities on mainly around psychology, mental health, community psychology and behavior change, that kind of stuff. Because I work in the, in the field, so I'm not just based in academia students that I teach uh, or people I come across they find that useful like how do you apply that theoretical stuff that you learn in this place in the real world yeah. because you know that's where we need it and academia is about knowledge and applying it that's what academia should be so I'm yeah. very lucky in that sense that I got to do different things I didn't want to do this I suppose like it's just happened you know through opportunities and stuff and also you know disadvantage because disadvantage is you're pushed into a certain place and you end up doing things you didn't think you're going to do um, yeah. and that that carves new opportunities so i take my disadvantage into Account. advantages yeah yeah no that's true i 100% agree and i relate so much with that i think with psychology the thing is there is no clear cut path and as you're going through your journey you realize it changes drastically and then it might come back it's it's actually a long journey my mom says i'm a full time student for how many years now <laughs> she's like when you're actually going to graduate but yeah no, it was the same with me i wanted to do clinical psychology and 
and at the beginning you know I did my undergrad and my MSc in clinical well, I did my MSc in clinical and then once I started working I met new people and then what I've now applied for is completely different to what I started with <laughs> and it's just who you meet and the opportunities you get I think you run with that and it completely changes your career path which is scary but there's something beautiful in that as well so let's strip it back to the beginning so let us know a little bit about your upbringing and you know what your ethnicity is and what your social class was when you were growing up um yeah so by by ethnicity i'm uh, british bangladeshi so first generation i suppose so parents came here in the 70s i think and we came from a very uh, poor um working class poor community and growing up as a family we heavily relied on government benefits and to help us basically function because i think you know it wasn't always like that when i think when dad had his health problems he was the main provider and but because his mental health deteriorated very quickly and there was no support i mean this is going back a very long time ago now but uh so he was unable to work and stuff like that so that affected us and then looking back at the time you don't realize and this had, had an impact on family life mm. and so we lost everything basically lost from home to we were sofa surfing uh, some points in our lives when we were young guys as kids we are moving home like there's no tomorrow. Like, you know, every day was, every, every sorry, no, every day. Just, yeah, it was like yeah. moving, living in people's houses, living in people's front rooms. So this was like the upbringing, very, very early stages. And obviously my brother's got his problems too, you know, the brother's mental health side of things, which I'm quite, which I talk about on other platforms. And this kind of like shaping of this human thing, you know, started mm-hmm. to interact because you come across, so I ended up becoming like a young carer because it affected my mum as well. So you you start to end up looking up for these people, which is your family, yeah, right? Yeah, such a yeah. as well. Yeah, and I can see by interacting with people and seeing discrimination and seeing all these stuff happen at that age. Obviously, you don't think about it, you can't articulate at the age of five or six what's going on. Yeah. You just yeah, absorb. Yeah. And so I think that's how I started to think about, like, um, I think that's what influenced me where I am today. Those early years, they say when you're a child, ultimately in the first few years, you will define who you end up becoming to be. And I do start to think to myself, oh, my God, like, that's even happened to me in that sense. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a big chunk anyway. Don't have to answer some of your question. No, it does. And because you say it's your formative years, do you think that growing up around that and it, witnessing it firsthand, and obviously in the South Asian community, we've touched upon this in, a, in different episodes uh, with mental health there's such a stigma attached to it so do you think that's why you kind of have this mental health charity that you know significantly looks at the BAME community yeah I wanted to stay away from this stuff basically because it's too close to home as I got you know what it can do so yeah I think um eventually why I chose psychology was to do with that because a lot of things was going on ranting what the hell is going on and yeah. we had all sorts of interventions like in terms of the family other people giving us advice and there was a lot of psycho spiritual well, spiritual sort of interventions yeah, and i was definitely. very interested in like look i don't care how it's done i just want the outcome you know i want my family to be at peace wherever and i would observe all sorts of things that happened to us people intervened with our family and said oh is it, is it demonic is it thin yeah. is it i mean all these things and i just thought to myself i'm not here to judge you and your beliefs i'm really yeah. Interested in does it work yeah and then i thought okay and then we started to take part in these interventions right and i kept asking myself like okay because i'm the one that's left carrying the cat at the end of the day i'm you know the buck stops with me it's me the one that ends up in hospital with them and you know all of this stuff right me the one who sits in the same house as them you know i have to live with this so i'm really interested in the result and then i realized that okay this stuff isn't really working <laughs> i'm not dismissing the process of course because i'm sure no, yeah. it works somewhere right but i'm thinking to myself as a person who's ultimately responsible that the full 
old on me, they can go home. They can done the intervention, go home, have a nice yeah, theory, have a cup yeah. of tea, whatever. I have to live with this thing, right? Yeah, People are still yeah. hearing voice in the house, you know, it's getting worse, you know? Um, <laughs> and so I'm really interested in the outcome. I'm really interested in, okay, well, look, what do we want in the end? I want my family to go to sleep, to eat, to relax. Don't worry about being in distress all the time. Yeah. What is that? And so I start to look at a lot of films and they talk about right. this home uh, possession and all this stuff, like, you know, how it's all done. And there was a particular film, which I think definitely had an impact, um, Exorcism of Emily Rose, um, which looked at faith and science. They went to court. Yes, it did. That yeah, was a and, very scary film. Yeah, and, and but I could relate. I'm thinking to myself, okay, I see how they've answered it. And they said, okay, they made it plausible and the intervention, all that stuff. So someone said to me, well, have you thought about course in counselling? Because you seem to be good at helping and understanding people, right? right and yeah. I said, oh, right, yeah, why not? I did a part-time course, went to evening college because I was still working in that West Bank at the time. And, you know, I just wanted more. And then I went, did that, did a journal because we had to do a reflective piece. The tutor read the journal and, you know, gave me feedback on it. And he said to me, have you thought about a career in psychology? So I think there was multiple experiences, you know. Accumulated. Yeah. yeah. I think time experience and also going to that, people give me feedback because you need confidence. My confidence, I mean, I never thought I'd be a psychologist. And that was oh a far, God. far... So I think all those little decisions, why it ended up in psychology, like, you know, early upbringing, interventions, and also journaling, someone giving me feedback, and it all just basically thought, okay, and then I just basically... Um, I spoke to a few friends because, you know, no one in my family went to university. So first generation, even in my relatives, no one went extended family, you know. And so, yeah, just basically just, OK, what is this thing? <laughs> Isn't it in most cases like people are going to psychology is because they want to understand themselves and their families more than anything else? Yeah. Right? yeah. Doing the podcast psychology cast, I think that's what I'm, I suppose, what I'm after. I'm trying to understand, like, I wonder what it's like for them. Like, why do they yeah. do it? Yeah, because uh, it's helping me process my own journey because there must be a, like a reason we don't do things without motive for sure for sure i'm trying to understand the motivation like you know what's going on <laughs> i'm sure that they, they might have all had demonic you know you said demonic and none of us like batted an eyelid at all yeah, we're yeah. all just like yeah it's totally <laughs> yeah. normal it's almost yeah it, but that's how it is that, but that's when i'm really realized about south asian culture and all this stuff actually it's, yeah we all want the same thing you know, like we all want to be at peace at the end of the day. Like, yeah, it might be fascinating to watch and stuff like for other people, but that's what I found. Look, my life is, my family's life is not for you to be entertained. Like, what's the matter with you? You know? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, we, we, no, for sure, we want to try and get normal lives ourselves. That's it, yeah. And, and that's why I just thought to myself, okay, let's intervene. Yeah, let's go direct. And don't get me wrong. People jumped down my throat when I started, when mm. I even went in this direction. So it wasn't as like, you should be doing this. It was, it was encouraging. It was the opposite. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's always like that within South Asian households. Yeah, I felt aggression. This is the biggest mistake of your life. I think you're making a big mistake. No, you're I, not going to do this. I also feel like it's fundamentally is because of the lack of knowledge or lack of understanding within that field. Because for people who want to go down to psychology, they just feel like there's not really much of a career within that, first of all. Like, yeah. how, where are you going to make money to provide for your family, right? That's like number one question. How are you going to make money? And then second of all, mental health is quite a taboo subject within our field. So the fact that you're going to go into a field that looks at the mind, it's everything against the Asian mentality. Like, no, 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 there's no problem there. Brush it under the carpet. So, But because you're going to go into that field, obviously you're going to start asking questions and everyone's going to hate answering those questions in the first place. It is, you know, it's it's painful, isn't it? Like, do you yeah. mean, basically, they've come up with a rationale based on philosophy and in anthropology. But where does that come from? That comes from education. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, and then you you want to stop people having education. Like, what's the matter? You know what I mean? It's, yeah, you know, no, there's something not right. No, I just think there's, they just understand the world in a different way. They see mental well-being in a different in a different space. But I think they 
Definitely. There's, like, there's a lot of control. I, can, I, I didn't like that. I'm thinking to myself, listen, you know, you're trying to educate. You're trying to do something, whatever it is. Yeah. Better yourself. To better yeah, your, yeah. your situation, your family life, whatever it is, whether it's a project, whether it's a business idea, whether it's a podcast, you're trying to like do something good and you know nice, and you know we should encourage that because yeah. as a society we will function. Yeah, I think sure. it's more constructive than destructive. You know, there's lots of people out there do all sorts of unhealthy things. Yeah, so, no, <laughs> not only that, but mental health is a big issue within the South Asian household. If you're not encouraging people to go into that field to understand better for our people, for our people to come out of like distressful situations then how are you ever going to recover like you that trauma is going to extend to your children and they're not going to recover or understand it so that's just going to pass on to generation generation that trauma needs to end with your our parents and not continue or with us and not continue with our future children do you get me yeah i think it can become first of all deeply rooted in the way we are you know neural pathways for example the way we just autom- it's automatic we don't even think about it and i generally think that it's okay for you to call me names and call my brother names and my dad names but it's okay not to address your behavior. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I would never have this level of confidence when I'm starting off. Just observe, observe, observe. I'm like, and I think it's unhealthy for everybody to do that because why would you feed yourself negative things? Yeah. But I think with with South Asians, um, what I found that even growing up, you know, everyone, everyone's a doctor. Everyone's a, a cook. <laughs> and everyone, I mean... Like yeah, it's, yeah. it's weird isn't it it's like oh my how god how much is it is that their own choice <laughs> yeah it's like I don't, you know if you actually advise something right and he's a mechanic right some other guy who's never looked at a car he'll give you advice about how to fix your car and think to yourself like that's extraordinary like do you know what's <laughs> That's worrying, isn't it? Like, do you mean like, imagine a heart surgeon? Sure. Like, yeah, yeah, put that in over there, man. Like, what? <laughs> confident. So everyone becomes a lawyer, everyone becomes an accountant, everyone becomes a doctor, no, everyone becomes an engineer. It's and, so and, true because if even if you have medics in the household, right? Like if your yeah. cousins or whatever, your mum will still be acting like she knows more. <laughs> like, she yeah, like, yeah, no, yeah. you have to have this cup of tea to make <laughs> yeah. yourself better. You yeah, have to yeah. put some Vicks vapor on. That's like, it, you know? And I think it's that sort of like, not listening i don't know if it's like it's like we don't listen to each other but we listen to like complete strangers that we've never yeah. met before someone else with some conspiracy theory about yeah, something isn't it yeah, oh, my god, sure. like, oh my god for me that's very rooted in in, in what i've grew, grown up in in that sense mm. and and i think there's consequences of that that's what we did as a family right we started mm. to listen to every tom dick and harry basically right because it's like everyone gave their advice and you took you on because you think to yourself everyone's trying to help and they are trying to help i think but yeah. it's that casual sort of thing to say and now i look at it thinking about the charity that we're on now it's providing verified information yeah we've got verified health professionals for example yeah it's not the mechanic you know giving you know the heart surgery advice that kind of thing you know we've got those yeah. concepts sorted out and we're educating people about listen you know be careful where you get the information from it's just come from Definitely. a reliable source this is how you can check you don't have to believe in us but check for yourself about other things so it's building confidence and strategy learning strategies about how they make decisions about stuff because you know we do, we do have a lot of families that have been ripped off by people who've exploited them from financial reasons so yeah. They come in and they take money off them to say, look, we'll get you a healer. Come along, give me the money, do the exchange and that's it. And the problem doesn't go away. And yeah. the family's left in more debt. The and reason- it just adds to yeah. their problem. Like it adds, it's a factor. Being, you know, financially unstable is a massive factor in a lot of, I think, I wouldn't say blanket all ethnic minorities but no of course I think a lot of experiences that i've had or my family's had like finance has been a massive impact yeah, money and problems if, yeah and yeah. if someone's exploiting you it's just making it worse 
So no, it's it's really good that you you know you're running this charity where you're Definitely. educating as yeah. as much as you're helping, you're educating as well because I think that's a massive point, especially in today's society, is to educate from someone that looks like you and you can relate to. Because I think that's one thing that I learned mm. in psychology mm. was it's all about perception, right? A lot of ideologies were created in the West. So even when we when you said I'm not going to completely disbar the demonic side of it or whatever, because that is a belief and that is yep. like a system that can help in their growth and their journey their mental health journey so getting a group of people that are willing to look at the culture specific interventions and things like that is is very important and to educate because it is hard to educate the older generation and that's another thing that we talk about is awareness like we've become self-aware and we've had the you know luxury of being brought up here whereas not saying this is right but we are having more open conversations whereas where like a lot of our families like our family came from a war-torn country they were dealing with a lot of other things they weren't here to have casual conversations about mental health they were dealing with you know Mm. getting their family across and all of that so yeah no it's really interesting but I'm going to bring it back to education you said that you were doing this counseling course was that after you know your GCSEs or when did you do the course yeah it was it was part-time it was after finished school didn't really have many GCSEs because of yeah looking back it may be because you know I wasn't paying attention but also I had like um, things going on at home so I think it affected me so I ended up through with three ATCs I think so I couldn't go into college and someone said to me look I don't think education is for you you shouldn't be pursuing this route um, I think you should leave education and I said okay you now <laughs> yeah but yeah I, I what's the word um, I finished and I looked at my options okay I went into work and when I was working it was for apprenticeships anyway because I thought okay that's something that keeps me in training so I did an apprenticeship in customer service and retail that kind of area level two MVQ level two level three and I was looking at those things okay and then I enjoyed what I did I joined this company yeah. I enjoyed selling washing machines TVs you know hoovers I got to learn about products testing out the latest sofas that were coming in the store I go, oh this is quite cool <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean because you your life there yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay and I think I just I finished that and then I became came like from apprenticeship to advisor to door manager in a very short space of time and that gave me a lot of confidence about okay I'm not an idiot I've got a skill basically and I think the pressure got too much because I'm managing a lot of team members at the age of 18 wow. 19, 19. yeah Still manager at 18 years old yeah I, just, I didn't really I didn't realize at the time people said oh yeah you know but then I realized it's hard to manage characters because these people are a lot older than me yeah yeah um, I'm not gonna be listening to an old yeah. all the time or people were playing me sometimes and also played me in that sense like yeah 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 we'll do this you know we'll do that yeah. and then so I left after the, you know it was too much and then I looked for new opportunities so I joined at West I thought okay let me try my my skills in a different space and then I was working in in the bank and I realized that I was still not happy happy I wasn't training at this point yeah. now I finished my MVQ I wasn't happy it wasn't what I wanted I was doing that full time and then I just really thought about okay what are my skills what do I want to do what gives me and then I looked at these part-time evening classes in the local place like what's going on here okay that's something there and it's a part-time evening course introduction to counseling so every Tuesday I think Tuesday evening I'd go after work to spend two hours in the college and I just met adult people or worlds in the course and that was a learning environment it's about 12 yeah. of us well it's a long time ago now but uh, I just realized I'm just happy to be learning yeah and then so that's the course that was that part of the journey and I told you about the um the tutor we had to do assignment and one of them was a journal and the journal was to reflect your own learning in the last 12 weeks I thought you know who does that you know who's got time for that kind of stuff you know what it does that kind of thing and um and then you realize like, even writing you feel like an idiot like what am I writing about and all this stuff do you mean like I hate reflective journals. Same. Yeah, literally, that is yeah. the one thing I hate in coursework that I've, is writing a reflective journal. I'm like, what am I supposed to write? 
but I find your experience so mind-blowing first of all congratulations because yeah definitely to be honest you know when you said you didn't feel good enough or and stuff like that like that is a big thing that I think paid even in my journey not feeling good enough is like the worst thing because you have so much self-doubt that it kind of impairs it almost becomes self-destructive I should say like I, I accepted it because, you know, at that age, because, you know, you don't have any other one telling you. But at the same time, my mind was something somewhere else. Like I had to think about the, you know, the hospital medication for my parents. I'll take your criticism, you know, I'll take all, you know, criticism as an insult. But, you know, my mind was somewhere else. So it's like, OK, I was accepting whatever was happening in that sense. I would yeah. accept, I would not challenge because, you know, you can only do so much. I felt really bad about opening my results, GCSE mm-hmm. results, and everyone was happy. And yeah. I felt really isolated yeah. with three mm-hmm. ATCs. And then someone says, that, okay, what do I do? I felt cut off in that moment from mm-hmm. education, if you like. So, yeah, I think that was a very defining one of those moments. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a moment that sticks with you. For sure. Yeah. So how, how did you go about applying for your undergrad? Oh, yeah. So um, after done the uh, the counselling and stuff, like the course, got the certificate, I was really happy. I don't care what grade I got. It was mine to put it. I earned it, it, yeah. Yeah, I put it in a frame and everything. There's one of those ones. People are saying, what are you doing? Mm. <laughs> so I think whatever thing you've achieved in your life, just like make sure that you treasure it and you respect it. Even if it's meaning to someone else, that doesn't matter. Yeah. So I always, that's the only actually certificate in the house to have that's in the frame. That speaks volumes. So you've done an undergrad MSc, but he's got this counselling course Counsel, that he did that's my, that's my first, at the yeah. adult learning. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, you know. Yeah, I'm gonna. I think I might put it up there once the PhD one comes up and side by side with that thing to say that's the one. That um, growth level. Yeah, I, I applied. How do I apply? I think back then it was application form, wasn't it? It was online. Was just barely surfacing. So I had to get this form and stuff and fill it in. I to write a personal statement. I go, you know, who does this? What's, what should I put in my personal statement? And I remember going into university. They had to do an interview. And there was two queues. One mm. queue was like um, everyone had the normal certificates. There's me with my dodgy certificates and MVP <laughs> and all this stuff. And a personal statement, you know, going in that direction. And and the counselling certificate and all this stuff. Do you mean in the frame? They go, yeah, we don't need the frame. Your folder. I can imagine you coming yeah. in with your folder. I don't think I even said it. We don't need the frame. I go like, yeah, but I want to keep it in the frame because you know i, was, I, I didn't realize okay but i just i don't want to in case i ripped the certificate and you know, i think it's already in there it's, it's looking well, at i'm it. gonna take <laughs> it out <laughs> yeah it's just like don't, don't break the glass you know? I'm dead. Um, i remember that those distinct moments about the framing you know like yeah but that queue was small you know luckily i wasn't hanging yeah. about for long but yeah, yeah that gave me a proper interview proper grilling you know who are you is this you you know uh why do you want to study psychology they gave me a proper grilling you know, in my head i was thinking to myself oh my god these are doctors and these are professors and this mm. respect i was just happy to be in their presence yeah you know, maybe just be having an interview yeah i'm happy to come into this table with all the dodgy stuff <laughs> <laughs> all the had all the right accreditation and they were they were all legit i still have those certificates and um yeah just sat down in the interview and the guy was talking to the lady that to go and discuss about my application you know just sitting there with another person on the other side yeah, there's only two of us and the other cube was oh, long i just noticed that was a bit different going into the big building and i just said look can i have my frame back please <laughs> <laughs> Do you mean man? Man's had to work hard for this kind of thing. <laughs> I might not get it back, you know? isn't it? And she goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course you can have it back and stuff. And I took it in a, in a carrier bag, you know, literally. Sick, you know? sick. <laughs> the story just keeps getting better. And better. I know. <laughs> Generally, that was the normal thing to do. I'm like, you know, people had all sorts of stuff. I, I thought this it. was the normal thing to do. You know, going in and yeah, of just, course. Like, if you haven't got someone to tell you what's what, then how yeah, I don't know why. I just, you know, I just thought to myself like, this is you know, Sainsbury's Tesco where bag it was. 
I mean, listen, can you bring your stuff again? What can you put in the back? Bag it up, bag it up. I don't think you have to actually get like uh, what other people wearing and stuff like okay because I've never seen this before isn't it at, at that age and in adult education um, and even in the evening college people didn't do that people just had a folder yeah. and it was raining right so I didn't want the certificate to get wet so I wrapped a bag around it you know <laughs> <laughs> but they gave it back at least you know Jimmy. <laughs> Yes. That's the main thing. They you handed know. back your Sainsbury's yeah. bag. <laughs> yeah. The bag for life. Oh, yeah. Gosh. Yeah, that was the moment of now. Then they basically they wrote the letter and said that we're happy to offer you a you know unconditional offer. And I don't know what that meant for a start. So I had to go and find that bit out and then um, enrolled onto the course. Um when you got the offer, you must have been over the moon, but how was the reaction for your, your family and your extended family or friend? Because you said there were some hurdles there, even just applying for it. Yeah, there was a mixture of response. A lot of people, some people were really happy. Like I think immediate family were really happy, not my sister and stuff. And I think my mom was a bit like, you know, we don't do those kind of careers kind of thing. Yeah, we go yeah. into, we go in the restaurant trade. We don't do any, like, I mean, because they don't know what psychology is. And even like relatives and stuff like that, there was a, um, a few, again, a mixture of response of confusion. Are you sure we don't do these things? It's not what we do but other yeah. people were basically trying to talk me out of it and that was quite interesting to observe looking back on it were you close with those people i valued their opinion i valued their input obviously now i don't yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i mean that would be a disaster right yeah. you know, so like if someone's giving me dodgy advice like, it's all right mate you know, keep that advice to yourself you know I mean, i'm happy that you're happy about your i don't mean that kind of thing <laughs> i'm happy that you're happy <laughs> yeah you know that kind of attitude but yeah you're going to take that to life isn't it because some people are going to give you very very dodgy and i thought to myself that's what's happened to obviously like the mental health side of things you know i'm thinking to myself Mm. okay why don't i see that before it's one thing i've learned yeah and so yeah people were really angry people were like how dare you go and study this thing some people said you would fail yeah yeah yeah. and i genuinely looking back on it i didn't challenge just said yeah yeah i know what you mean yeah i'll give it a go man you know yeah yeah yeah, maybe i will fail and and genuinely i believe that yeah maybe you're right and this is what i mean by confidence and all this stuff like lack of representation they put you down and you accept it because you don't know any about it yeah of course and they speaking from their experience like yeah exactly um and there's no one in your network that has that experience so you believe in whoever you believe in at that age when you're you're young you know because you know you're guessing at life yeah it was a mixture of reactions but i remember the positive ones but i do remember those negative ones which is maybe sort of evolutionary and fear and instinct and psychology but yeah. it can spur you on like you can take that negative and like use that to motivate you even further i use it now as like lecture points when i give <laughs> talks on platforms yeah i use those co- co- quotations like as informational pieces so yeah, yeah definitely yeah. like i use it as material to educate people so it's turning something I just that's... imagine going to one of your lectures and it's just like you are going to fail chapter one <laughs> yeah. that's it yeah this is the biggest mistake of your life reading a book this mistake of your life that kind of thing and i think what is this guy being serious like yeah this is real intelligence you know that it's been yeah. communicated. How was experience yeah. within the undergrad? With? Oh, the undergrad. Wow, that was um, crazy. The student um, body as well. Yeah, I well, academically, yeah, socially yeah. it was great because you know I started to do things. I started to get involved in lots of different activities. I think that boosted my confidence. Mm-hmm. I was just excited to be there, so I started looking at the they called the SU paper, looking at the radio, did a radio show, and just taking a few more chances. Academically, in the first 
yeah, it was very hard because my academic skills were not there, like writing skills, yeah, mm. reading. And that's skills. important. That's yeah, like yeah, so important in psychology. You need to have like a specific writing skill. Everyone came to psychology, like my peers at the time. They both the back of A levels, mm-hmm. and I was just like, oh my god, like, do you mean they they know more than me, right? And they've already had the foundation knowledge. I have to learn all this stuff, and I always felt like behind. I always get like the low grades, and my writing skills weren't there, and all this other stuff. And so that was a challenge in year one. Year two, I really, what I did, I just spent a lot of time in the library. I thought, right, I don't care. I'm going to write this thing out, this lecture notes out word by word, literally. I don't care if it doesn't make sense, but I'll just do it as an exercise. I tried so many different revision techniques. People were giving me the advice, plastering notes on walls. You know, all these little techniques, people, do you mean? Because I'm trying to find a way to remember information. And I asked someone in lecture one time, one of my classmates, and she said, how do you remember what they've said? How does that store? She goes, she goes like, oh, it just happens. But everyone was doing that. They said, okay, yeah, this is like, I was thinking to myself, like, okay, how do you learn? How do you acquire knowledge and keep it stored information? Like, what do you do? Like, do you, I didn't know any of this other, like, there's actually a technique and the methodology and all these techniques. How do you decide what to make notes of when someone's giving lecture? Or what are you focusing on? All these little things, right? But going to these extra curricular activities joining the you know the paper trying to do the radio thing trying to get up in mentoring schemes voluntary activities all of this stuff you know engaging with the other stuff allowed me to boost my confidence belief in me and then I got an essay one time and it was awful like feedback this is disgraceful writing and I took it to academic background writing people like they yeah, help in university yeah, yeah. and I think in that moment it changed for me because I, I was so embarrassed because I got like the lowest grade and I just was ashamed of my work and in year mm. one or year two and I took it to this person and I was thinking oh my god no, they're gonna like crucify me kind of thing yeah yeah like I'm embarrassed by my writing and then yeah. she said to me you write amazingly well you have brilliance inside you what? I think oh my god like what yeah I was thinking that's like the opposite yeah and Did she goes all it is work? yeah <laughs> you know, are you are sure yeah do you mean are you not are you, are you drunk you know kind of thing yeah <laughs> She basically said, like, there's a few sentences you just have to clear up, but you have your ideas coming out. And for me, that changed a lot of things. Okay, I have do have this potential inside me. Yeah. I can communicate a piece of information. She said, the actual core mm-hmm. is good. It's just cosmetics. We have to get the cosmetics right, and that will take time. But you'll be fine because the main source of intelligence is there, like the main ideas, the main joining of thinking. Uh, the critiques are there it's just um you know what words you've used and stuff like that yeah so that's what that's how life was in that undergrad course for me mm. combination of learning being shocked by the, the whole process and then acquiring new skills through extracurricular activities so we've spoken about how you got into university like even getting into undergrad that's like the first step right and that can be really challenging do you think that your class and your ethnicity had like a negative impact there like do you think you were disadvantaged compared to your peers yeah, um, I, I suppose yes, because we're judged by the same standards. We're measured by the same standards, actually. So it's a bit like saying, like, the distance is the same. What's the problem? Other people have got more stuff in their way. It's the right. hurdles, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we either do two things. We put the same- <laughs> I feel like you're going to say something really controversial. <laughs> and we get same, yeah, we put the same hurdles on the other side and say, listen, you have to do it as well, mate. You know, I mean, you have to go through what I got to go through. Or we change the standards that we measure people yeah. by. Yeah, you know, yeah. Isn't it? We have to agree on one thing or the two. We can't. The reason why we have inequality in our system is because yeah. the, what we're measuring people by is the issue. You have to change that. Or you put the obstacles and the same one. It's okay. You're going to have to have the same sort of like, you know, upbringing. Because every time you have a piece of distress i mean fly a flyer i suppose a distress or something going up that's a disadvantage every single time when you have like a poor diet choices every day that's a disadvantage and the, what that means the other person has an advantage they're getting ahead and then you fall back mm. you fall back 
So by the time you end up in the same place, you've had to travel more because the distance and the distance is not the same, you know, because you've already been that far ahead. Yeah, maybe in terms of like, you know, on paper, the distance is the same, but in terms of like emotionally, mentally, psychologically, financially, all these other things that make us who we are. Let's not talk about the distance in terms of physical. The distance is the same. It's not It's not a physical thing, Yeah. you know. We need to draw that person back and say, right, we're going to run, run this together or we change the standards. And that's why you have a very skewed education system. Like it's one dimensional. And that's why you have all these problems in society. I think we can function if everyone was given the uh, similar sort of standards. Yeah. Yeah. When you went to university and your undergrad did you think there was more disparities for ethnic minorities in sense of because like now if you look at a psychology class I feel like that is very female dominated well when I when I was at uni it was there was like what two or three boys but there was a lot of ethnic minorities there I can I can say that there were a lot of ethnic minorities in my undergrad but when you did your undergrad did you feel like you were one of a few or? I think it's a combination. I think there was a mixed range. There was a lot of the South Asians, for example, and a lot of people from the African Caribbean communities that's of heritage. But I just genuinely feel that these people, and I think it's a big problem in education, they know that education is important in these places and in these institutions in these communities. So they know that they've got a customer. Yeah. And we have to see up seeing these students as customers and, you know, South Asians customers who just basically come here to pay their fees and go home. Yeah. You know, that's that's very, very, yeah, this is this is not good because we're not commodities, but because we have to develop these people. If they're investing, you know, now it's like it's ridiculous fees. They're spending £10,000 a year almost, right? You need to be investing in their development, proper yeah. development. We can't just be taking £50,000 off them and say, right, go away. And I think when young students, they don't have, won't have the confidence like I did to challenge the narrative and say, you know, what are you doing for me? I look, I'm not, it's not about the grades. This is about developing like, okay, who do we want psychology to be? Representation, all this stuff. I've come into psychology to help my community. I come into psychology, finding out why they study psychology. They didn't come for like entertainment. That's a lot of entertainment for £50,000. Um, <laughs> do you mean? But you have to look at it in that perspective, isn't it? And when you make yeah. it relatable and financial sense, it makes sense to people like okay this is very very serious like oh yeah so i think that there's there's elements of like what people got to do in terms of the markup of people came into psychology if i'm honest i think i'm the only person that went and did a phd yeah psychology is actually out of undergrad courses majority of psychology students that graduate don't actually go into it i think it's the highest one a a lot of psychology undergrads don't actually go further with their career in psychology yeah for south asian back and ethnic minorities is even worse and you know we're part of a statistic sadly you know south asians you know so very sad statistics about you know we're low on the unemployment stage in senior level for example socioeconomics and we're right mm. there so yeah I, I, in psychology discipline i look back that's interesting that no one's gone and done a to-do doctorate level studying mm. but not that i'm aware of anyway i'm sure someone listening in and says hey <laughs> not the only too. one <laughs> Sam no, Smith, even you know? like if you if you <laughs> if you look at statistics because yeah. we always have to look at statistics when it comes to us but even in the clinical psychology field i think they did a seven it was only like 9.6 percent of chartered clinical psychologists are from the bain community it's not even just south asian afro-caribbean it's literally bain as a collective we yep. only make up 9.6 percent and that for me is is That's quite shockingly low yeah it's quite scary yeah <laughs> well, i'm how how diverse our population is and especially in like clinical part of the population like it's always the lower class so like BAME community are more likely to have suffering from mental health than their white counterparts as well do you get me if they don't see their representation for them at that level to get help then they won't go for that help yeah and also I wonder how much money is spent by us yeah 
to just study this thing. I, I, I'm trying to find out. People won't give me the information. I think, you know, there's something not right about that. Shady, you know. shady. Yeah, just basically like, look, I don't know, we, we know, because people that we're trying to help have got problems every day. Like, we, you know, don't, we're not here to start a war with you. Yeah. You know? yeah. We're already at war within, within ourselves. Like, we're trying to solve a problem. Mm. And that's why we spent money to find out, to sort this problem out. The least you can do is like, you know, give us some Excel spreadsheets. <laughs> 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 you know what I mean? So we can figure it out ourselves, you know. <laughs> You have to draw for it. Don't have to give us the graphs and that. We can do that ourselves. We're not bad at numbers, yeah? Like, do you mean? We've, got people, we've got people out of my studying accounting. We can say, look, can you just run this through? Yeah. But yeah, I, I genuinely think that when you 10%, I mean, but I think there's even, like, if you break it down further, how many, like, many there's not many British Bangladeshis studying psychology. Very, very few. Very, I wonder what it's like for Sri Lankans, you know? Do you mm-hmm. mean? So I think even there's differences within those communities and that representation in that sense. And then you mm-hmm. look at, well, how much money... Does that community spend on psychology? Yeah. How does it spend, invest in the discipline, yeah. and the courses? And, and, that is um, so true, you know, that is very true. If we do make up of a lot of the patients and things like that, how much money are we putting into <laughs> exactly. an industry that's not funneling us out? <laughs> well, I, th- I, I think there's ethical issues because we're not, you know what it is? That's why it's like psychology, because we're not lab rats. And I think that's the reason. Mm-hmm. We're human beings, we're not animals. So we always have to think of the ethics, like because of disparity in the mental health service in ethnic minorities, are we seen as animals and treated as animals, meaning like lab rats no that's um, true yeah but I, I think when you have um psychologists come from those backgrounds yeah mm-hmm. representation yeah social mm-hmm. psychology we're able to talk about it we're able to you know do you mean because we yeah they can understand better yeah because it's probably affecting my uncle somewhere <laughs> yeah yeah it's like <laughs> I mean, when you were talking about the demonic possession we like yeah. Reggie said we didn't we didn't say anything because we were just like yeah i understand completely yeah someone like say like from the white community you said that they'd be like wait what like demonic like <laughs> you're talking the police about- yeah yeah, you're talking out of your ass right now. You know what? It's, it's actually like, it's really sad though when I think about because for my MSc, my dissertation project was basically the cultural adaptations of digital mental health interventions for ethnic minorities. And this was like international literature. And when I was doing, you know, when you write in the introduction and the introduction's like a thousand words long and you're like, what the hell am I supposed to write yeah, about? Yeah, when I looked into it, it's no, it's really sad because there is a lack of representation. Like you said, you need psychologists that actually can relate to the patient so they are treated correctly because a lot of ethnic minorities I can't remember the figures right now but it's actually a crazy amount of ethnic minorities are diagnosed with with schizophrenia and things like yeah. that when the they've actually conditions. got the severe conditions and they're put into hospitals and they have really bad experiences with mental health workers because they actually their diagnosis is supposed to be depression and they are misdiagnosed a, mm. a lot of the times with more serious mental health conditions and they're put into institutions where they feel isolated because the care workers don't have the same kind of background knowledge they don't speak the same languages things like that and all these disparities is because there is a lack of representation within the work like the chartered psychologist and even getting to that point is so hard <laughs> like becoming a clinical psychologist is so hard and then because of the lack of representation they're not actually being heard and they're not actually given no. the right treatment and I think it is it is really sad because you hear these experiences and sometimes it's like what's the point if there's yeah. not enough of us out there that's actually helping yeah it just it just becomes a you know life and death issue because every day these people have got condition they need people to speak for them and because they don't have the representation that they need and able like the lens and the perspective and i suppose it's also a combination of like lived experience you know living in those environments knowing what it's like so it's not just a 
color issue. You know, it's actually coming from that lived experience perspective of like an a psychologist and a professional who works and lives in those places who understands the issues. So the voices are heard because I think if anything, it's not just about knowledge. It's about able to relate to people because we're human beings. We're able, we interact with humans, not because we're knowledgeable, but because we can relate to people. So that's why you need representation in the workplace, in academia, wherever it is. But the, the system is dominated by people who think knowledge is the answer. I'm like, no, it's a combination of both. That kind of attitude that you could have, like where human intellect has come because we've interacted. We've interacted because we can relate. Then knowledge comes. We do it the other way, you know, and that's why you have this whole thing um, having problems in our system. Mm. So after your undergrad, we'll bring it back to your journey so we can talk about it from a, a better perspective. How did you go from your, what did you do for your MSc? How how was that gap bridged for yourself? Um, I just, I, yeah, that was very tough after graduation. I think I wanted to go into clinical. I wanted to do further studying um, as everyone does, you know graduate that wants to go into the industry everyone <laughs> wants to do clinical it's so embarrassing when we don't yes. actually end up doing end up doing it it's because you know, yeah. it's the lack of information and everything else is is not available and again representation you know most of the people are from the clinical background but there's actually other disciplines and they're not in the actual universities and stuff to tell you by the way there's more to life than clinical yeah um <laughs> and so that's how i you know saw it and i thought clinical was the one and then basically i just thought to myself actually do i want to work in a setting that um, is always in this mental health area like do you mean de- dealing with clinics and patients all the time and i just think it was too close for me too close to home for me in that sense to be surrounded by the community and the environment and going to the workplace okay you know because there's uh, a sense of responsibility home. once you are once you are with a patient it's very hard to let all you know your background noise just be yeah. background noise it's constantly in your head and if you find a patient that hits home it is very hard to deal with so yeah and i completely understand with that and then I just thought it might be easier to look into something that, you know, look at preventing stuff, you know, that might be an interesting, get, making sure people are not there in the first place for so education and stuff. So I started to work in a HIV charity um, as a support worker after when I left. So I was six months unemployed. I did keep my NatWest job until the last year, but um, I left to finish the the final station and stuff. And then, so I was unemployed for about six months. Then this opportunity came along part-time, part of the job scheme, by job setup. And it was working in a HIV charity. And um, and I just thought, basically, I need more than this. And I, I think just I went to university, which is not far from the charity, and just had a conversation. What can I do? And they said, have you thought about considering an MSc in health psychology? And that's all about looking at ways to prevent illness and problems that room. So it, that's what I did. I looked into a bit for, I did a bit more part-time jobs, uh, weekend jobs working in a call center as a coordinator. Yeah, I did a bit of, of healthcare assistant role as well. So that was an interesting experience working with people in a care home. Um, personal care was very tough, but I was working with people who are, had learning disabilities, Down syndrome, Asperger's mm-hmm. syndrome, and um, some were wheelchair bound. And these were all adult men. And um, that was an interesting com- experience because communication, you know, it was it, it pushed my skills. I'm like, okay, this this is tough. This is, you know, I, re- I rate people who can do it. Um, yeah. And so I did a bit of that, did a bit of the call center, did a bit of th- that job. And then just slowly, slowly started to push me into health and health related stuff like how do we stop people getting there in the first place how do we make society better and then i did a job and that's where the phd came about i just said to the project manager we thought about doing any research behind this intervention around physical exercise and stuff he goes no 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 so i spoke to the university we put something together and that's how the phd started everything you're saying is so relatable because even after undergrad when you said six months unemployed me and mike are just looking at each other like yep we know the feeling <laughs> It's coming. It always goes. Where your where your mom's like, well, you should have done like a more productive, you know, degree. <laughs> what was psychology gonna do? Kind of thing. 
but those two did run like what have i done you know yeah you know, uncle was right when he was like yeah this is the mistake of your life you mean all those yeah. prophecies were coming true i think you didn't fail yeah basically i think it was too quick to judge isn't it six months like come yeah. on you've got the rest of your life to worry if it's been a good investment yeah. <laughs> but i think this is where i feel like class and like being an ethnic minority yeah. kind of did does affect your journey yeah I told you so I feel like after you finish uni with any kind of if you want to get a PhD obviously it's better to do an MSc first but getting a job in that field because I don't know about health psychology did you have to have like a specific because health psychology you're going to become a chartered member right hopefully by the end of it um yeah so there's two elements to health psychology there's two routes for anyone listening so one is like stage one there's two stages basically you have to complete both stages to become a chartered health psychologist and one route is you have to do the masters for everybody and that's the second stage has two routes. One is called a doctorate route, which is a doctorate program similar to clinical psychology. And you do, I think, two or three years with the university to get your doctorate to become a psychologist, a health psychologist. And the, the second route, second option, which is the independent route, which is minimum of two years supervised practice to fill five competencies. And you put portfolio together, meaning just evidence of like what you've been up to. You met this criteria, you met that criteria and you submit it. So there's two ways to become a, a health psychologist. There's two routes. One is a doctorate mm-hmm. route and one is an independent route. I'm doing the independent route because because I'm already doing my doctorate through the PhD. Yeah. One thing I should say, once you hit a certain level with the doctorate or becoming a chartered health psychologist, you can apply for any other psychologist job. So you can go for the clinical ones, even if you're a health one. You can go for forensic. Um, your, That's a your clever energy. thing to know. <laughs> I didn't know that until basically someone said in a conference somewhere, oh my God, what the hell? Like, what are you telling yeah. me now? I mean, like, because you know, when you Google it, so like, that's yeah. the first thing I did was like, Google, how how am I going to become a clinical yeah. psychologist? And they were like, oh, you need two years' experience. And this is the thing, this is what I'm trying to get at is those two years of experience, it's really like hmm. crap pay, but it is so hard to get into, like, to get those jobs, so competitive. And then they want experience to get those jobs, like, literally trying to find a clinical, like, yeah. assistant psychologist placement. Or even like a healthcare assistant in that like industry you're going to be working two years doing a lot but with rubbish pay and even getting those jobs are so hard and I think that's where nepotism comes into play a lot of ethnic minorities like we say is such a disparity we don't have people in the field to get links because it is having links yeah Yeah. a big part is having links and another thing is like we said all our parents didn't have university education so they don't even know the process they can't help us out with you know finding a job in that in that sense so you're very alone in that journey and I think that's one thing with psychology because there's so much academia to it but then you have to have a lot of experience you're gambling with a big chunk of your life this is like within your 20s to whenever you're gonna actually do your PhD because that can take forever like this you're gambling with it and you're gonna be broke it's just not a really ideal situation and I think that's what puts a lot of people off A and B I think that's why it is harder for people from a working class background to achieve you know doctorate level yeah you're absolutely right that's the reason 100 percent just would say that as a consequence because of status quo we suffer from it you know jimmy we've created this system we contribute to this system I, it, I think it's an area of opportunity to change potential because yeah you're right you're you are gambling you're taking a big risk i'm i'm second guessing this thing by the way i didn't know this is going to work out the way it did yeah i'm hoping that this is going to work out i don't know yeah. that's my own within their own communities right you know we have got barriers and then you have to face all the discrimination from the organizations <laughs> so you're fighting that 
on a different level like you know I mean you find two battles in it within your own and then you get the external stuff going on when you have like the combination of that it's taxing on the mind for a lot of people that's why a lot of people can't bear it and it causes probably mental health problems for a lot of people yeah for sure. a lot of PhD students do end up dropping out halfway through especially because you are a self-funded PhD student which in itself is like <laughs> yeah you know round of applause to you because (laughs) that's the level it takes it's crazy like what can i do like in the end in the future i can talk about these things and say look is that level required for me to basically go at the same level as you and so don't funny because in your insta bio it's a self-funded phd i felt that like i was like yeah you have to add the self-funded because like we said we're risking it all right okay we're actually risking our lives but we're risking a lot of our years and then at the same time phd student like you are not getting paid for it and then you have to find someone to fund it like if by a miracle you could have a funded placement that's amazing but you have mm. to fund it you have to work you're probably going to support your family as well there's a lot of riding on it and you're literally going to like people are, like saving for their house and this that and we're just there like um yeah still broke <laughs> but <laughs> managing well that's the thing don't watch it? i'll be a doctor after this <laughs> Uh, yeah, I really thought about that. I really thought to myself because if people are self-funded, that carries connotations, meaning it carries like loaded meaning. Yeah, that could put off a lot of people. Like, and I just thought to myself, people only want people who are funded, right, to in their companies in their job. But I just thought to myself, you know what? I'm just going to put it on there because it's who I am, and it's also to reach out to people to let them know, like, it's okay. I can relate to you in that sense. You know, we're human beings, and I know similar sort of struggles you're going through paying your way through this thing and you don't know you don't yeah you're right you don't know if it's gonna pay off at the same time i want to be seen as like okay what history do i want to write and i thought if i can leave to say you know that guy tried at least he, he might not go got anywhere but he did try <laughs> and and i think and that's a powerful sort of like thing to leave to the others like you know younger generation sure, if you like to say sure. you know what trying and being on the right side of history because you find inner peace by doing the right things even though it's hard and i don't think the barriers are very different but at the same time it has a lot of advantages so i look at the positives because i'm in control of my degree my research yeah. my practice i decide where i invest i decide if i want to go to that meeting yeah so i think it, i see the disadvantages turning into advantages you yeah yeah Yeah. that's how you have to be so in your obviously in your phd did you feel because i I read up on this and there was you know a couple studies done on discrimination for working class and for the ethnic minorities within their postgraduate studies and it was stuff like you know that feeling of not feeling good enough because you're coming from a working class you know background where you don't have the same colloquial phrases you're going to speak differently and you have to kind of put on this new persona and one of the studies that was done i think it was in 2018 and they did interviews with PhD students and minorities and a lot of them were saying yeah you you don't feel good enough and there's a sense of because there's not enough researchers and lecturers that look like you you can't build the same rapport because they build a better like you can tell they're building a better rapport with the white students or the students from a middle class upbringing or an upper class upbringing and there's so many like intersectionality there's so many things to it you don't want to come across as uneducated Mm. but you Mm. still want to bring across your experiences is and it's like a blend of everything it can make your phd life a little bit difficult because you're an ethnic minority or from a working class family so what was your experience like did you have the same kind of feelings or what was your experience so 
I mean, networking, basically, and going to events and conferences. Yes, there's certain things you cannot bring into the conversation. You cannot bring that side to because it's almost like, first of all, they're not going to understand. It doesn't mean they're going to be disrespectful. It just means they're not going to yeah. understand. And it's not worth the headache to be explaining to, to them. Explain. It's like, like, come yeah. on, man. Do you mean, you got Google. And, uh, you know, do you mean, it's like that thing. Where are you a... from, from Joanne? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do you mean, I'm from Luton, you know. <laughs> yeah, but where are you really from? Okay, but I, I know where I'm from, but do you know where you're from? Like you, your generation, because all of it, all of us are, you know, somehow okay. immigrants and stuff like that of some generations, isn't it? Yeah. But the difference between me and you is that I know, you know, my family's root. <laughs> you yeah. don't know. Me. <laughs> and uh, we, we still, that's a to, good spin on it, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I've, I've, I've had it with other psychologists. Like, you know, I think they need to discover themselves. You know, like how we do. You know, journaling goes back. To that's, that. what, that's what they go gapia, no? Yeah, you know, <laughs> it's that thing, isn't it? Because I think it's it's an important, you know, human experience. And that's what I talk about in the podcast. Like, yeah, yeah definitely. Defin- identity and, is a key thing. Yeah, I just I do think that um, there's certain things you have to be in a certain way to be communicating. But then I just learned over time. It's like playground sort of rules, isn't it? If you don't want to be my friend, that's fine. I'll find friends who want to be my friend and want to talk to me and stuff like that. So I think there's a lot of social psychology going on. We tend to basically communicate and we tend to connect with people who we share similar characteristics with, you know, mm-hmm. because we feel them less threatening to us. So I think there's a lot of psychology yeah. that goes on. That's true. Have I, yeah. Have I witnessed it? I go, yeah, at the same time, I wouldn't, if it's a networking event, I wouldn't go to a pub afterwards. So mm. that's not my thing. I mean, it's like basically the equivalent is me saying to someone, yeah, do you want to go to the mosque after the... Yeah. <laughs> you know? They'll be like, what? They'll be like, nah. No, it's all right. You know, I'm going to call the police on you. No, no, so they're not going to say that. What do you mean? Like, you know, that, that kind of thing, isn't it? It's like, you know, unable to relate. And they're like, okay, but I can't yeah. go in that environment. I did. Don't get me wrong. It's not that I say no all the time, but yeah. on most occasions, I would not be in those social occasions. Like, it's not my environment. But that's when the conversations would happen about career progression whatever publications yeah. and funding opportunities and all this stuff and so it's a very because yeah. it happens in social spaces so yeah. i think those yeah. elements that happens and you think to yourself okay i'm gonna go home now because i've got my birani waiting for me <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and that, that's something to look forward to um yeah, but true. what happens because you're unable to connect with other other psychologists who don't have the same sort of like background as you you're isolated mm-hmm. further and then i think that acts as a barrier yeah. but i think it's important not to abandon your identity through the process of learning and becoming this person i think if you yeah. do you cause yourself problems later on For i think sure. you, should, you are who you are at the end of the day yeah you can't change. I think yeah, it's like you're never going to be able to change the color of your skin you're never going to be able yeah. to no and matter what change always, spot. Yeah, yeah. It, no matter how much you assimilate to what's going on around you because that's a big part because like you said that is a big part of our life is the whole acculturation side of it where we're kind of like absorbing both cultures and yeah, yeah. identifying who we are and putting that together so as much as you want to assimilate to western culture and ideology you're never going to change the color of your skin you're always going to be that brown girl that brown boy so like the there's only so much because that's going to be with you for life so what is the yeah. point of trying to change yourself i think we're in a new position we, you know we have our own identity you know we're western eastern sort of like we've got mixed yeah like and we have that. mixed up mate <laughs> yeah you know yeah i mean people and you relate to people who don't want to also go to the clubs and all of this stuff right because that's yeah. what that's what happens sometimes you think self, okay that's not my thing in it talk about psychology you know in, in a nightclub like i can't I, i'm not saying there's anything wrong with that it's up to them isn't it? yeah. you know but i just think that's not where what i would do and but then you start connecting with people who also have those similar sort of things like you know and they're from also white communities from black and brown communities and then you share characteristic yeah we don't do those things we come here and then you realize it's not about yeah. race it's about interest and about maybe class yeah. as well yeah. yeah because we're able to relate to one another why we're here you know how do we socialize we socialize in this space yeah 
But yeah, I do think that that bit acts as a hindrance or enhancement to career progression for ethnic minorities. Yeah. And like we said before, it is so important to have people in those kind of spaces because I know you... um, I don't know if you were on the event, but you have an event where South Asian psychologists meet. And I think that was quite, for me, when I came across that, I was like, oh, this is interesting. I might attend because <laughs> yeah. we'll get more into it. Because from in my experience, what really hits me is it kind of worked the other way. Because in my undergrad, there wasn't really anyone, like none of the lecturers were of colour that I knew, like that actually taught. And then when I applied for my MSc, it was kind of, because I didn't do really well in my undergrad. And I was like, oh, I'm not going to get this. A clinical MSc, I'm not going to get this. And I was emailing one of the heads of psychology and it turns out she was an ethnic minority as well. And she was like, there was something about, she didn't even know because my name is Rachel Don Bosco. It doesn't sound brown. It does, She doesn't know where I come from. But she was like, there was something about your email because she ended up being my supervisor for my final project during my MSc. And she was like, there was something about you. And she gave me the plus spot and I was so shocked. I was like, whoa, this woman's crazy. Because I, I just applied for it thinking I could. And then she has literally, because throughout the MSc, She's someone that I really looked up to and I could really relate. And she, she was speaking so down to her. I can tell she had the similar experiences as me as an ethnic minority. And seeing a woman in that place as well, there was so many things going on in my head. But having a woman like that, that was actually actively trying to nurture, I was like, oh my God, <laughs> is this what being white feels like? Is this what it feels like to have someone that you respect that looks like you? It was the weirdest thing. And up until now, even now, like, I've recently got into this PhD placement and she really like, nurtured me even after my MSc really helped me and I think it's that thing that we were saying before where when you do reach a level of eliteness I guess because of where we've come from we have that in our heart that we need to help our community rise together and I saw that in her and like even work that you're doing you can see I know the importance of the future generation seeing people like us in those positions and that's why it's important as well not just go and do your job and get a good degree get a good job all this stuff but think of the future generation and what you want to see happening so yeah no my journey was a little bit different because I genuinely had someone that you know mentored me and because she looked like me it was easier for me yeah I wanted to ask about your work was psychological therapy with patients in the healthcare setting and mentioned that you work with prison work yeah it's with the Harvard Public Health but yeah it's working with individuals but providing ways and talking to them about motivating their ways of thinking and their behavior I feel like I'm sorry I'm just thinking about all the things that you've mentioned and I feel like you've done a lot of different sectors in psychology because that's the beauty of psychology right you've got forensics you've got clinical health um there's so many departments but you've kind of done clinical through your work with the charity with the mental health charity you've done prison systems that's that's a lot of forensic well it's not much forensic psychology but there's a lot to it as well and then you're working in health psychology um was that part, like you said, you, you are put into places that aren't part of your plan, but did you always want to have kind of a variety of fields when you were working? Yeah, it goes back to that saying, I suppose, uh, in a way, yes, and simple answer would be yes. And it goes back to the system will throw you about, will slap you about, basically, right? Mm. Because it's not linear. So you end up basically taking, doing things when no one else wants to do things, right? Because you're always given the, the last bit of change, whatever. And I'm happy to take out, I count my blessings. I say, look, at the day I'm living, I'm breathing, you know i mean i might not have the most perfect life and stuff like that but i'll take what i got in that sense Mm. and i'll take what i got and i'll turn it into something that helps me and the person i'm helping with even if it is on a charity store 
in the corner of a community on a little table with a leaflet for me that's important rather than being somewhere else you know being yeah. in a prestigious place i think to myself like if that's where the system has discriminated for me to be there i'm happy to be where the universe tells me where to be if that's my place mm. because it's about how you take that disadvantage and turn it into something positive so yeah I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm sure I'd want to be where these people are and they become in a certain place, right? But mm-hmm. I think being from a disadvantage and dealing with the discrimination and all the other misfortunes, um, you end up places that no one wants to be. But what happens? You start to learn about stuff and learn about life. And I think if I think about the healthcare settings in care homes, in the prison, no one wanted to work in the prison. Everyone refused because I think um, the females felt intimidated. Yeah. They didn't want to go work there. And I said, oh, Janelle jo- can work there. And you mean he's got that psychology degree. Do you mean that kind of thing? I'm, oh my God, you know, <laughs> I, I wish I didn't tell anyone about that. Do you mean? Like, All right, yeah, I'll work. You know, I've got no choice, have I? But you, and I just... <laughs> I just thought to myself, okay, I'd rather have the promotion. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, do you know what I mean? But no, if you want me to work, you know, put myself at risk. Yeah, I'll, I'll do it, man. <laughs> I, I'm the first one. I'm the first one there. Because do you know I mean? But you won't give me a promotion. Re- immediately you're rethinking that that counseling. That's it, yeah. Yeah. That's gonna come to mind. And it's that thing, isn't it? You're not gonna give me the promotion, that's fine, but you're gonna put me in a place where I'm gonna like to someone's gonna come and come after me. That's fine. Yeah, yeah let's do it. Yeah. Do you know I mean why not? Crazy. <laughs> and it's those sort of things like so instead of being negative about that thing to say, you know, I've been disenfranchised and those incentives. I just take yeah. the incentives myself. Okay, what can I learn from it in that sense? Someone's yeah. put me in this position, they don't want me somewhere else because I know I'm gonna do good. But I'm happy to be in this very you know, un, you know unfortunate situation who can i help there who can i make a mm. difference to i'm sure these people will not have access to someone like me who's got those skills experience knowledge passion all those things i'm going to give that energy there and i will learn redirect so it take it yet really taking about your disadvantages whatever discrimination you've been through yeah and those opportunities if someone puts me on a till in tesco i will still give good value you know yeah. what you mean yeah. like i will still be <laughs> you mean? Yeah, at the end of the day, because I, yeah, human first. I don't care, you know. I, I you know, get lots of money for it. I will still do my bit. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I will yeah, still definitely. put in. You know, that's just me in that sense. I think it goes back yeah. to why I did apprenticeship. You're working as an apprenticeship in you know, retail selling washing machines and stuff. You, you know, you're talking to people about their lives. Like, okay, what's happened to your washing machine? What's happened to your dishwasher? People would make jokes about the husband and the wife, that kind of thing. You know, you join in the conversation. <laughs> things to say you know and then you look at it but you're able to relate yeah so you're able to connect to those people because they're living those lives because you know something's happened about their washing machine's broken or something someone's nicked the door and then yeah husband and wife would come at each other and say he's he's not working at the moment you know the dishwasher he does dishwashing and you see to people and say all right okay what would you know which one do you want what spin do you want you know and you're able to give value to people yeah Every time you interact with someone, am I taking something? Am I giving something to this person? And saying, no, it's better to give than to take. Yeah. yeah. Especially if you feel a lot of energy. So I think working in these places, to your question, like in so many different, they've come as a result of disadvantage. They've mm. come because no one else wants this job. These are the leftover stuff. Mm. And I, I think people should take them, like the learning opportunities. You make friends, you make knowledge, you make good memories, and you enhance your skill set definitely yeah. You know? yeah. and so when you go to wherever you want to do in teaching and academia or doing this podcast you know you got stuff that you've been through to relate to people yeah. and share Experience. yeah we like to ask our guests one question at the end of our podcast do you think there is a glass ceiling within your field in your academia or in your place of work in psychology do you, or do you think there isn't for ethnic minority there's more than one <laughs> <laughs> I would say it's not even a glass ceiling. It's like a I don't know, like like a mountain of glass. Yeah, you you cannot, of glass. it's not just one level. Yeah, it's not even straight. You know, you have to chisel away at this thing, right? Yeah, chisel away at this thing. Yeah. and if you if you chisel away at the wrong thing, it can fall on you. Um, that's how I see. Oh, okay. 
glass ceilings. Yeah, I mean, for ethnic minorities, like, oh my God, like, do you mean? Like, you know what I mean? No, that's a, good, that's a good view to look at as well. Yeah, it's it's a very, and it's hard. And I think you, you can take you forever chipping away at the glass ceiling. That's yeah. where you get you got to do it with other people and say, look, do you want to help me chip at this way thing? Because it affects us all. Yeah, right? yeah. Oh, well done. That is a brilliant analogy. Yeah. Like if you, sometimes it is that teamwork, because I think throughout doing these podcasts, especially for this series, one thing I think both of us have learned is that mantra that we have in our head that only one person can get it. So you, you're kind of ripping each other apart. Like you're, mm, you're no, no. helping yeah. each other to get to the top. That is literally the wrong mindset. If you want to yeah, help definitely. yourself yeah. and, and the future, it's creating platforms where you create opportunities for ethnic minorities and like you said if you can't chip at that glass ceiling or someone help, else yeah or someone else and find it's all about networking and finding yeah people. and having fun with people like yeah do you, do you want to hold this page i'll take a rest you do it they might have different tools we can get it quicker yeah, yeah. issues because the issues that affect me are going to affect your family your children you know what i mean it's all trying to get on the trying to get on the boat mate literally yeah <laughs> you want you i don't want to help me or cave in yeah like, you know i mean because it affects us all as a society yeah you know? if you have a bad mental health service if you have a bad education service the issues are going to affect you as much as me you'd have to be you know what's the word very very ignorant to think about those things yeah yeah well thank you i feel like this was a really good conversation i'm sitting here half the time i'm looking in the sky like trying to deep everything that is being said there's so much going on in my mind but yeah no it was it was been a really good conversation and i think our listeners would really like have really enjoyed this episode because it gives you through your journey there's so so much that we can learn from your individual journey and from both of us like no matter where you start from there's potential in everyone and it's just i think it takes that that right person to tell you that you've got that potential like you said for you it's even starting that counseling course and that's why you hold it so dearly and have it framed yeah that foundation right it's that foundation all that academic writing stuff that said you know what you've actually got a lot of potential you you know clean it up a little bit you do need people like that in your life and i think that's one thing through sharing our experiences we get to know and hopefully one day we can be that person for someone else and that's what i find exciting definitely but yeah just let our listeners know where they can find you the sort of things that you're doing because you've got your own podcast and youtube channel plug it Oh yeah, and no, thank you so much for inviting me. I think um, yeah, I just wanted to add on that, you know, cancelling frame com- com- I forgot to add that if they got even my name wrong, they put my letter out. So I had to put the letter in to make sure like, yeah, it's mine, mate. So, you know, I might send you a picture of the certificate, actually, like the actual frame and everything. You can share it and stuff and you see like, oh my God, yeah, this is like legendary, you know. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah no i think yeah people who want to find me i suppose the best if they type mm. in my first name and surname they'll i'm sure my handles are going to change in the future as i get the um the dr status come on jeez <laughs> <laughs> no i mean you know i should i should i should add someone did make a complaint about that because i did change after my phd because everyone said like i'll register it I said, okay i'll register it and they said like no no like you can't have it yet don't know who said someone made an anonymous complaint to the university like oh my god like jimmy <gasps> what's going on Wow, um, you've got so, out of there. <laughs> sure. But, but I think this is just basically about human sort of journeys, you know, there's going to be mm-hmm. stuff like that. So I think people want to find me, they just put in my first name or and surname and the Jalel Mia into Google and they'll find, you know, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. And if they're interested in the psychology cast, then put in psychology cast and they will come up on the YouTube channel, the yeah. podcast player. Yeah. So, but yeah, um, thank you so much for inviting me. <laughs> um, it was a very interesting, co- funny conversation. Didn't think i'd be sharing all of that no thank you for 
coming on. It's been amazing. Like it's been really informative and it's been really inspiring to hear your journey. And it's still going on. And we still want to hopefully maybe do an episode in the future of when you are registered and other journeys that will be on the other side. Yeah, on the other <laughs> side, really. So, you know, thank yeah. you for coming on and sharing that for our viewers. I've been Mikey. I've been Ray. And I'm Jalal Mir. And you've been listening to Bottom Up with Mike and Ray. Thank you.